It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals offseason program is in the books. We'll get our final takeaways from the final day of minicamp practice, plus Zach Taylor comments before the offseason break. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this show for free on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts, and join the First Listen Club. We appreciate all of you that make us your first listen on your way to work or whenever you listen to this podcast, and the Everydayer Club. Those of you that listen to this show every day, don't miss out on a single day of the Bengals content that we provide. We appreciate all of you as well. And James Bengals minicamp in the books. We've got one final day of practice to reflect upon and some different players making highlights. Some guys we haven't necessarily talked about a ton. We'll get to some of that. Zach Taylor also spoke. He, he met with the media in a press conference for the last time before the offseason break as well. We got the training camp schedule. We've got Logan Wilson's softball game to talk about. So plenty to talk about today, but let's start with what happened on the field in the final mini camp practice. James, what are your big takeaways today? First things first, let's get to the goalpost game where all three quarterbacks were going through the, the tackling dummies. And I actually put one of these, up on uh, on social media and and on all bangles uh, on all bangles, Joe Burrow's going through the dummies and he spins out his patented spin, which looked much faster in practice, and rolls out and makes a perfect throw to hit the goalpost. And these these guys tried it multiple times. All three did uh, on different variations, but that was one of the highlights. Just watching them, Trevor Simeon, Jake Browning. And Joe Burrow go through that just kind of entertaining and different because they were, you know, 15 yards, 20 yards, eh, at least 20 yards, I want to say, because I think they were on the 10 and throwing uh, a little deeper than that. So that was entertaining. But they also did some seven on seven. And I, I think that's what stood out. It, it was the first time, and they've done seven on seven before, but where I got to see them this close, it was pretty close to them. They were in the end zone that we were in at, at Paycor Stadium. And Joe Burrow found Irv Smith Jr. for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. That would have been probably the highlight from the starting offense. But these rookies stood out, Jake. And I I think that's the part of it that was nice to see. Charlie Jones caught a touchdown with the backup unit. I I believe Trevor Simeon threw it. Andre Yosevash almost made a gorgeous one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone. He didn't, but it would have been sick if he did and he was able to get a hand out there on a a throw that was a a bit off target and and then chase brown with a nice catch and run in the red zone so some of these rookies certainly stepping up and now let's go to defense because you know i like the position players dj ivy had a pick six on on jake browning browning was trying to throw it to i believe andre yosevash i would have to go back and watch the, the the footage 
Ivy jumped it on the pylon, boom, and, and was off. He would have easily uh, – he ran to about the 50, but could have easily scored. And so Ivy had a couple nice plays. And that's it for the rookies as, as far as I can think of in the, the seven-on-seven period. But Dax Hill had two passes defensed as well. So a, a nice day for Dax. DJ Ivy is a guy in particular that stands out in that list and, and some of the offensive rookies as well. But we've talked about a lot of these offensive rookies. We talked yeah. about a lot of them yesterday with, with Charlie Goldsmith and what I thought was a really good conversation. So if you missed yesterday's episode, we talked about a lot of the rookies, probably five of the rookies individually and how they're fitting in kind of what they've done so far we talked about all that with charlie but we didn't really mention dj ivy although it's not like he's not getting talked up by his coaches yes for for right. his traits they're they're talking about his traits in the building and all the tools that he needs to be a proficient or good nfl corner and having a nice little capstone on minicamp with a pick six, a highlight play is, is a pretty cool moment and, and a pretty cool thing that gives us the, the ability to talk a little bit more about DJ Ivy. And are we sleeping on him a little bit? We, we haven't really mentioned him in terms of challenging for the roster very much. We didn't talk about him a ton even after the draft, but the, he, he does have the traits. He does have the build. He does have the size and, a very, very deep cornerback room. It's still probably an uphill battle for him just because of the amount of quality depth they have there. But seventh-round rookie, man. I mean, draft pick. These guys sometimes can, can surprise you and stick out and make a team. No doubt they can, right? Brock Purdy, who? Talking about DJ Ivy, right? And, and hopefully he does have that type of impact. But – I think I don't know if we've slept on him. He's a seventh rounder, but clearly we need to be paying more attention to him going into training camp. I think that's the part of it. We'll see if if he can have that type of impact. But so far, so good. I think the fact that we're talking about him and he made multiple plays. He had another pass defense as well during that seven on seven period. Now, how much of that is Jake Browning had a bad day? How much of that is is Ivy had a good day? I'm not sure. But when you're talking about a guy, seventh round pick, and and you're looking, you're like, 38 made a play. Oh, 38 made another play. And then that matches what coaches have said. I've talked to veterans on the defense, and you could kind of narrow that down at least a little bit, that have praised DJ Ivy. And, and I know they think pretty highly of him. So he certainly belongs. And, and I think we could go that far as to say, well, he belongs. He's not overwhelmed. I, and, and so – how far will that go? Can he make a push for the roster? I I wouldn't rule it out, and, and he certainly showed himself well so far uh, throughout the offseason program, and now hopefully he can take what he, he learned and, and continue to learn the playbook, get more comfortable, and be ready to hit the ground running in training camp because, like you said, it's an uphill battle. It, it's a numbers game when you talk about 53-man rosters and that cornerback room, especially with Cheeto doing – a ton of stuff still. I mean, he fielded punts today, by the way, mm. as a joke. But Chido Bejouzier continues to get praise here on Locked on Bengals. Um, with Cheeto looking good, it's um, it's an uphill battle. But Ivy has shown well, so we'll see. Yeah, if you assume Cheeto's going to be ready, which he seems to be on the trajectory to do, which we're not promising or anything, but he looked good in minicamp, has a month and a half or, or uh, a month and a week or so before he's back in Cincinnati for, for training camp. So if it's Cam Taylor, Brett Cheeto, and Mike Hilton starting, 
DJ Turner certainly on the team. Jalen Davis probably backing up the slot. Sidney Jones currently is working in with the ones. Alan George, uh, a bit more of a veteran, uh, I say, with a bit of a grain of salt. He's been with the team for a year, so he has that year of experience, and the coaches like him as well. And then DJ Ivy in the conversation. That's eight guys for probably six spots at most. Mm-hmm. That, that's a tough battle for DJ Ivy. The other name that stood out while we stay on the defensive side of the ball, maybe we go back to the offense here as well because the Joe Burrow touchdown to Irv Smith was somewhat noteworthy, it's seven on seven, but it's still somewhat interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Dax Hill, big day, and and that is another really encouraging sign as minicamp comes to a close because Dax is just going to be such an integral part of this defense this year. And, you know, you hope that when Zach Taylor and, and Joe Burrow and all these guys are saying they're ahead of where they were last year, that's applying across the board because if the defense is also ahead of where they were, despite having two new faces in the secondary where it's the only significant change to the starting lineup outside of left tackle, then you're, you're feeling pretty good about the defense's chances to continue to be, you know, not miss a beat essentially with, with the change at safety. Yeah. I think they're, they're so interchangeable now and versatile and they can move around. And I, I know Dax, is preparing to to do a bunch on defense from guarding tight ends to uh, moving around like he can do and, and playing deep when they need him to and all of those things. And you're right. I, I think this secondary is going to get tested early, whether it's Cheeto coming back, whether it's a young player in there because Cheeto isn't back, whether it's, you know, the second, the, the safety part of things where there are some questions there just because it's not Von Bell and Jesse Bates, how will it look? So, it is interesting, but it was good to see Dax get going a little bit. And, and I'll tell you, one of the two passes defense, he should have intercepted. It would have been a nice catch. He, he extended for it, um, but he, he was able to get his hands on it. So um, certainly something to uh, – it, it reminded me of – and it wasn't like a similar play, but it reminded me of the preseason. Remember when Dax had a really strong preseason in his preseason debut at, at Paycor, almost had the interception in the end zone? This was also in the end zone, a near interception. So we'll see if he can build on that. But I know the the defense had a pretty good day. So we should get to uh, to some of the offense, some of the skill guys, some of the guys I like to talk about. Not that I don't like defense. So we'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, well, they make you look good. And when I say that, you're like, well, what, what do you mean? Well, I'm wearing the Bird Dogs jogger, joggers right now. They're my go-to in season or on coolish days. And it was cool this morning when I got to Paycor Stadium around 8 a.m. And it's because they're so versatile. You can wear them with a polo. You can wear them out with a T-shirt and and feel like ah, you're classing it up a little bit and you're not just in sweats and yet you're getting the comfort that sweats would give you. And it's not just their joggers. They have khaki shorts that fit slimmer through the, the thigh that are going to make you look good even if you skip leg day, which – no, you shouldn't do, but even if you do, bird dogs are going to look good on you. So make sure you check them out today at birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and get a free Yeti style tumbler. If you're watching on YouTube, you could check it out. Use this tumbler all the time. Birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you get yours today, whether it's shorts, whether it's pants, and get that Yeti, t- Yeti style tumbler at birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's talk about the offense, James. I know you're keen to get to that. That's where we started, and then we pivoted because you told me about the offense, you told me about the defense. and some. It's just on brand for me to want to talk offense. Just on brand, you know. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, and that's fine. Talking about the offense is fun. I also enjoy a Joe Burrow hit. Irv Smith on what looked like a, a variation of a smash concept. Irv Smith running a corner in a, in a red zone emphasis day with the Bengals wrinkle to the to the smash idea. I think it's smash anyway, where you've got a couple of whip routes underneath, which is a, a somewhat Bengals specific idea. And maybe it's a different concept and someone will correct me because there were two underneath in breakers in the slot number three breaking out at the top. But Nice play. Beats uh, Jordan Battle to the corner there. Jordan Battle, again, getting some some work at safety on that particular play. And another day we're talking about Irv Smith and, mm-hmm. and how he's going to fit in with this team. Yeah, I think it, it was a nice catch. I looked. It's pretty close to getting that second foot down, zoomed in. I think he did, but it's it was on the far side. So tough to see for sure certainly got one down and and close to two might have gotten those toes in so looked like a touchdown but I I think that Irv Smith has shown and and Zach Taylor praised him that he can pick up the offense quickly and that he's going to be able to do what Hayden did maybe more but certainly what Hayden Hurst brought last year and that's all you need that's all this offense is I think this offense knows what it is now much better than it did in 2021, even when they made that run to the Super Bowl. Much better than they did a year ago going into the season. They just they know who they are. They have an identity. They know how they're going to play. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be wrinkles that we haven't seen. Of course there are because there, there are different faces and there's going to be things Irv, Irv does that, that Hayden didn't do. But overall, I think uh, they, they've been pleased with Irv Smith Jr. And just continuing that, Charlie Jones – I just think he's he, he continues to show, and it might not be this year, because in a perfect world, your big three just stays healthy. And if they stay healthy, you're going to play a fourth receiver here and there, but it's not going to be a ton, and, and it might not always be Charlie Jones. But he caught a touchdown today and, and continues to just look like a guy that gets it, that Joe Burrow is going to love, and, uh, and, and so we'll see there. And then the other one, and the one that I was impressed with, and it wasn't from Burrow, but Chase Brown caught a nice ball Mm -hmm. over the middle and took it to the pylon, and you see the burst and the explosion. And I get it, they're in shorts, and it's you know they're not in full pads. But uh, really pleased with him. I think he is going to give this run game uh, a level of explosion that they really haven't had in the Zach Taylor era. Is that fair to say? I, I think that's fair to say, so I'll say it. In the Zach Taylor era. Because you had like the last year of Giovanni Bernard at the yeah. tail, you, you know, and, and he wasn't quite the same Giovanni Bernard, although we still. And the line was know. bad. And, you know, there was a lot of things. Yeah. 
But uh, the the big play for Chase Brown fits in with what we talked about with Charlie yesterday, right? He said he was talking to Chase Brown at his locker, and he just kept bringing the conversation back to being a better receiver, being a better blocker, finding more ways to contribute in the passing game. And, and that seems to be his focus, at least per Charlie's conversation with him on Wednesday. So that, that'll be interesting to watch as well as he continues to show that he is going to be a big part of this offense despite being, uh, I mean, that's the gist I get anyway, despite being a fifth-round pick. Let's talk Zach Taylor takeaways, James. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor talked with you guys down at Paycor Stadium for the last time before the little offseason break. He's going to spend a little bit of time with his family before returning a week or two before training camp to get ready for all of what's going on there. A few things stood out to me when listening to the Taylor presser, the, the first of which is he reiterated, and I mentioned this, that he feels like this team is ahead of where they were last year. He, he underlied the... Uh, urgency note that Joe Burrow hit yesterday and and praised his players for the way that they approached these less intense practices. And maybe you're seeing around the NFL, maybe it's a step less intense, but the players approach is what enables that. We've heard Zach Taylor say this before, the way that the players, how seriously they take all the work. They're not just going through the motions. They're moving from drill to drill quickly. All these little things that enable this process and this approach that Zach Taylor is taking that has this team, outside of a few exceptions, very healthy going into this break before training camp. Yeah, I think that's as big of a, a thing as anything, is all these guys seem to be healthy and hungry. I was talking to a lot of them, and I didn't do many interviews today. I, did I do any? I didn't do any. I was just talking with guys and, and kind of putting a bow on on the offseason season. And, and are going into their off season, but most of them are sort of ramping up. Like they may have a vacation coming up, but, and I don't want to name names and where guys are going or not going or anything, but there are a lot of guys that aren't going anywhere and they're going to train in town and they may visit their college for a few days or something like that. in, in before camp starts, but a lot of them are staying here and, and training in Cincinnati and, and really focused on that. And that's something that Zach hit on too. And, It makes sense. I get it because once the season starts, it's such a grind that you're almost in maintain mode, even in camp, like you're pushing, but it's maintaining what you already built. And so they're setting that, that foundation from an, you know, a weight standpoint, a lifting standpoint, running all of those things. And the good news is there aren't really, I, I don't even know who you're worried about not showing up and being in shape. Like there's been a couple of guys in recent years that I could think of, right? Like um, Tyler uh, Shelvin would be someone you would mention. Jackson Carmen in the past, but he's in shape now. Like he clearly gets it at a level that he hasn't. I expect these guys to, to kind of show up for training camp and be ready to go, which I don't know if there are many teams in the NFL that could say that about all 90 guys or, or their entire roster. Yeah, the culture is just in such a great place right now. Consider Zach Taylor's first year and the questions we had about the culture and the questions we had about some of the coaching hires and the things that we heard were happening with some of the veterans in that locker room and and flash forward to today and how much things have developed, how much buy-in there is from the guys that are 
still in that locker room. I think that's a huge part of it is, is how close the team is. And Zach Taylor has talked about that as well, not to mention the depth they have. And a guy like Chidobe Awuzie, who continues to get praise from us and those in the building. We'll, we'll talk about what Zach Taylor had to say about Cheeto before getting to some of the, the last thoughts before the offseason. Some of the things that we're going to be watching heading into training camp and and of course we got the training camp schedule james we've got some notes on the logan wilson charity softball game in dayton that was a huge success we can talk about those things to finish up the show here coming up next is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The training camp schedule was announced on Thursday as minicamp ended and I, I don't know if we should go through it day by day. Nothing really stands out. Um, if you want to get uh, exact times and things like that, I, I put a put it on all Bengals, but you can go to Bengals.com as well. But looking at it, there are some ticket, uh, ticket required days, the back-together weekend, which is something that they do uh, the Saturday after training camp starts. It's Saturday, July 29th. So that one is there. They're off on my birthday, August 5th. At least uh, it doesn't look like there's anything open. So, Zach, thank you. Hopefully that is the case. In case, in case anyone wants to get James a birthday present. There that, you go. That's, that's right. Um, and then the joint practice with the Packers August 9th, which we already knew. But other than that, looks good to me. And uh, I love, like, August 7th they practice, August 8th off. Right? Like, they, they go a couple days in a row. Like, usually it's, you know, two days in a row you'll get a day off. Or, um, you know, three days in a row and a day off. Give me that, Zach. I love Zach's training camp. It is wonderful for uh, for people like me, and I think the players enjoy it too. Yeah, the, the consecutive days happen early. 26th to 29th, no breaks. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Monday, Tuesday, back on. And then you start to see a little bit more of that segmentation, two days at a time kind of thing, a day and then a day off, but mostly two days at a time for the rest of training camp. So go check out the schedule if you're one of the people that likes to go down and check that out. I'm still working on when I'm going to visit for hopefully a week or so during training camp this year. Last last note real quick from Zach Taylor's presser too before we talk about the softball game and the other narratives that we have to keep an eye on in this offseason period is love the quote from Zach Taylor on Cheeto. First, he he used a lot of language to say, you know, you never know with injuries and we'll see how the rehab goes. And you guys have seen him on the field. You guys have seen what he's done this week. Cheeto's built different, which built different is, is you know, everyone says so-and-so is built different these days. But it's, it's, it's just a, a really cool quote for Zach Taylor, the head coach of the team, to say that about Cheeto. And we've been singing his praises, of course, here as he looks fantastic. Uh, going through drills, going through rehab work, looks incredibly athletic, as you mentioned, James. And he is truly built different. Yeah, he is. I 
I'm glad he gave me a good answer because uh, Cheeto, like I said, he he fielded a couple punts uh, playfully, but was playing ping pong yesterday. Like this guy, it, it's not like he's doing everything. It seems like, and he's not. Like there are certain things he's not doing, but uh, hopefully by camp he's he's firing on all cylinders. But uh, hopefully he doesn't rush it either because obviously that's a fine line. But um, yeah, let's get to the softball game that ended in a tie, eighteen to eighteen. And um, a lot of guys showed up and showed out. Trey Hendrickson crushed it in home run derby. Cal Adamitis crushed it in home run derby. But the winner, Joe Bocci. Joe Bocci is clutch. He he won the home run derby. DJ Reader not winning the home run derby. I would have lost money. Thanks, DJ. I would have lost money on that one. Well, and Gio was down there hitting a ton of home runs. Well. Giovanni Bernard flew in for for the game. Yeah, some, some I guess, unlikely candidates, but that's partially because we didn't know everyone who has played baseball. Gio said he hasn't played, really, since he was a kid, though. Like, it's not like- I, wish, I wish I would have been able to play. Confession. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Logan. I really I mean, do. I would have loved to play. I know I don't qualify. I get it. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. The competitor the, the, the in me would have loved of, to play. Yeah. The, the tears of celebrity. That. You know. Not saying that. Not saying that at all. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, and I don't care which team, but like Zach tagging, who, captain posted uh, Zach tagging someone out. Sam Hubbard. Like, love that. Because yeah. there's no way I would have just ran into his tag either. Come on, Sam, pivot. He jumped. Pivot, stop. No, no, no. You can't do that. You're, no, it's, you're it's not six, a baseball Yeah, You're 6'5", 260. You're not going to be able to, to jump football where players. Zach can't get you. But that's the point. It would have been fun. I think I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been fun. But it was what was impressive to me is the amount of his teammates, Logan Wilson's teammates that participated. I mean, there were probably 30 different players up there, 25, 30 different players up there from up and down from starters to, to guys deep on the depth chart. Giovanni Bernard, of course, we mentioned flew in. Chad Johnson flew in. Zach Taylor playing third base. And that was pretty impressive. And again, the, the night before the last training camp practice, right? Like they all had to get back to Cincinnati, show up to work early, right? Early-ish practice. Early. 8 a.m. Um, practice. Yeah, so early practice the next day, but they all still went up there to support Logan Wilson and, and looked like a great crowd. Uh, really just, again, speaks to the culture and how tight, tight-knit these guys in the Bengals locker room are. How many home runs would you have hit? How close were, were those... The fence? Temporary fences. I don't know. Like two? Just, like in a game or in a derby setting? A game. Oh, in a game? Zero. Okay. I haven't swung a baseball bat for a really long time. My mindset would change to derby versus, because you don't want to pop it up. Like you want to just hit it hard somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hit to the gaps and just get on base. Yeah. Although like when I'm playing softball with people drinking beer, my sp- Speed, at least the last time I played, played up, whereas playing with NFL athletes, the speed would be – I'd be the slowest guy on the field. I would be curious too if I would be. I No. Well, yeah. Is Zach faster than you? Probably. Probably. I think he has access to much better training resources. Is Chad Johnson faster than you? For sure. He's faster <laughs> than a horse. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I know. And he's faster than me too, even now. Um Real quick, I was having this conversation today. If 2013 Giovanni Bernard walked into the Bengals building, 
with this offense? How different is his career? I mean, not that he, it wasn't good. Not that it wasn't good. But like the, he would be the perfect fit in this offense now. That's exact. Like Chase Brown's best case scenario this year is Giovanni Bernard. And they're totally different players. I don't mean to compare them. They have different skill sets, all those sorts of things. But if Chase Brown's emphasis on blocking, receiving, all those things, it's it's because like his ideal impact would be what Giovanni Bernard, prime, peak, rookie, second year Giovanni Bernard would be coming into this offense. I think prime Bernard would be on the field for 70% of the offensive snaps. In he, he's offense. just such a great like, stylistic fit for what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so it stinks because, like, it's the end of A.J. Green and the end of uh, of Giovanni Bernard as as Joe Burrow gets into the league. And now you look at it, and obviously Green, you know it would have been great in his prime. But right. Bernard, man, in his prime, and this has nothing to do with the current running backs. It's literally a Giovanni Bernard topic, to be very clear. But I, I, I couldn't help but it got brought up today. I forget what, what brought it up, but it's like, oh, man, that would have worked. That would have been nice. Yeah. Before we get out of here, James, I got one question for you. What's the biggest narrative between now and training camp that we're going to need to talk about? Because not a whole lot happens between now and training camp. The biggest narrative between now and training camp. Oh, boy. It might be the biggest one that we've we've had all offseason still. It might still be the Mixon thing. The Mixon thing. I was, I was thinking Joe Burrow extension. It, it, and it can be, but but I think they're related, and that that's the part of it where does Joe Burrow get an extension done before camp? Maybe, maybe that's that's the narrative that would certainly be high on the list. Do the do the Bengals get any of these other guys done? I I think that that's part of it because you don't want to go into camp needing to get Burrow done, hoping to get T done potentially hoping to get insert whoever else that you want to extend. So yeah, I yeah. probably the bro extension, but Mixon's dependent on that. And then the other, the other one, it's still right tackle, even though it's been beaten. It, I, I really wonder how do you keep Lyle and Jonah? It depends on how those extensions shake out, whether they need that yeah. money. Yeah. And, and so that's the part of it where, I, cause I would love to have both guys. I would love it. Absolutely. Great love. Tough. Yeah. And and Collins might start the year on on the pup list. And it might uh, be the, that simple. Yeah. The the other thing for me is is gonna be and, and it's, I think this is just an interesting conversation. We can have which year one, year two player on this defense is the most critical going forward. Looking at the the pending free agents and stuff that we have on the defensive side of the ball and, and kind of looking into the future a little bit, mm-hmm. that is a very interesting puzzle from a team building perspective that I think we could talk about at some point as well, but that's going to do it for this episode of the locked on Bengals podcast, mini camp behind, behind us, hoping to have some, uh, some mailbags coming in the future. So if you have questions, burning questions about the off season that we're going to answer, get those in going forward. We're going to have some guests on between now and training camp as well to talk about some X's and O's and all those fun talking ball kind of episodes and that's it mini camp behind us james got a little break then you got the training camp grind it's about time for some family time how about that jake so that'll be what we we go after here over the next five five weeks or so yeah that's that's a goal for 
I'm sure a lot of the Bengals players, staff, media, it's that time of year before that July grind kicks up in late July. That's going to do it. Like I said, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back next week in off-season mode. Until then, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.